This week we're talking about Lucy and I know maybe a lot of people haven't seen it and you want to know what it's about. So here's a quick clip that is summing it all up. All social systems we put into place are a mere sketch. One plus one equals two. That's all we've learned. But one plus one has never equaled two. There are in fact no numbers and no letters. We've codified our existence to bring it down to human size. So to repeat some of that one plus one doesn't equal two and there's no numbers and letters, it gets more complicated. So don't worry about it. You don't need to understand the movie. The episode's a bunch of fun anyways. Everyone should watch it. But if, you, if there's other stuff you want to watch, a documentary or something like that, maybe do that first and then some shows you like. And then if there's time, Lucy. Okay, enjoy this episode. I'll see you guys later. I have to go. I have an appointment. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Hi everybody, welcome to Bad Science, I'm Ethan Enberg, and today we're talking about Lucy, an absolutely ridiculous film that I had never seen before yesterday with Scarlett Johansson, uh, and joining me we have two unbelievable guests, we have stand-up comedian and someone who quote, f***s with golf, Jake Adams. <laughs> How's it going, Jake? Wild energy up top, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm coming in hot because the movie is so outlandish. Um, anyway, joining Jake and I is Associate Professor of the Department of Physiology and the Department of Neurosurgery at UCLA, Dr. Martin Monti. Hey, hi. How's it going, Martin? Very good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to see Lucy. What a masterpiece. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and and I didn't really allow you to see this film as much as uh, from what I gather, you wanted to discuss Lucy. <laughs> so I don't want to put you on the spot, but that is true. Is it not? Uh, yeah. All right. I, I did that to myself. <laughs> I, I originally avoided watching Lucy. Uh-huh. In fact, my wife, every time that trailer came on the TV would like, would calm me down. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I avoided watching that. Okay. Um, but then, of course, you gave me this opportunity to talk about what yes. a masterpiece it is. And so I thought... Right for, you know, the good of humanity. Yeah. Just watch it. Well, thank you. Speaking on behalf of humanity, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, a lot of people, just to comment on what you just said, were, I think, a little, like, bummed or taken aback because when the trailers came out for this movie, I read that it was, like, a huge phenomenon. People were so psyched up to see it because it was it was advertised as, like, very action-packed and, uh, you know, special effects, and, and people were just psyched out of their minds. And then the movie has some action, but it's not necessarily action-packed. It has like every now and then something happens, but it's really, I don't know, like psychological thriller. Would you call this anyone? <laughs> well, very cool. So yeah. the budget, <laughs> the, I oh, thought there are, there are people floating while oh, there is cool. people floating. Yeah. The, I mean, cool is subjective. There were uh, the, the budget for this film was 40 million dollars. And while watching it, I thought, OK, maybe it made 40 million back. Maybe it made 50 million. Do you guys want to take a stab at what this movie made? I'd say probably over a hundred just based on the cast alone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm with Jake. Four hundred and sixty-three million dollars. Mm. Uh, is that just a domestic, or is that that's foreign? No, that's everything. yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, but domestic, it was well over a hundred million dollars. Mm. So it definitely surpassed its budget. I was just so surprised by that. Um, but anyways, let's. Uh, I, I'm, I can go on a tirade right now about Lucy, and and I'm sure that I will end up going on hey, some first sort of tangent. Minutes. Pretty good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> taking a, taking a strong pretty stance. <laughs> pretty good. I was excited for the rest of the movie. I was shocked at the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> Let's, I guess, just get into it. They show like animal stock footage a few times. I don't, I mean, maybe it's not stock footage, but like it looks like 
stock footage from just like a nature documentary or something to show uh, what the situation our main character is in a few times. Like she's being uh, trapped by these guys, these like mob guys. And so they show like a, a gazelle being uh, attacked by a cheetah or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was incredibly like cheesy and just over uh simplified like we did not need that at all and i i was so alarmed at the beginning i was like oh no what if i got into this movie is going to be really tough for me so what about the 20 minutes made you think like oh this is i like this well that animal part i love that shit okay Uh, i will follow this instagram account it's called nature is metal and it's all that it's all you know just cheetahs and leopards i love nature stuff just the in the context of how they were using it i thought it was absurd and then the whole thing with there's like a 2001 uh like ape at the beginning and then she starts talking about like what is the purpose of life and then there's all these uh, like time lapses of a city and stuff i don't know i just thought like it was like low quality documentary style movie <laughs> right well i mean j- I j- nothing was justified in the movie <laughs> right everything just took a huge jump and nothing like it connected really of how this could happen <laughs> right yes yeah it's just like true. you had morgan freeman um, you know talk for a little bit and then anything is possible <laughs> yeah that i mean i don't know what part bothered you the most uh dr Monty, but yeah there, like, that, there's a part that is supposed to have bothered me the most i don't I, maybe the whole thing bothered you equally but when morgan freeman started he's basically a a scientist that for most uh, no, of the stop, movie stop, 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 <laughs> most stop. of the movie he's giving a talk he's giving like a seminar and it's just such ridiculous information that he's giving out so how did you yeah, I was thinking the first 20 minutes where was I in the first 20 minutes I I feel I was busy taking the knife off my back that you know the stab of just the betrayal of Morgan Freeman the voice of science the voice of documentaries right who's telling me that the brain we only use 10% like that was that was the first I I saw that and and even worse those I don't know if you remember there were while he talks there are these sort of old professor like looking people they're yes. like oh oh, oh yeah, yes his yeah, colleagues right. yeah his, his colleagues I was just thinking what how do what? <laughs> Why is no one yelling here? Just come on. <laughs> okay, can Someone I ask you say something? This just based on because the whole movie seemed like it was based on the myth that you can only use ten percent of yeah. your brain, right? So, is there is that there is a scale there, and how much can you go up to, or is it just based on like you know how many drugs you do in your life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, probably people by doing drugs can reduce the actual amount of brain they have. Uh, I, I guess you can sort of burn off parts of your brain. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I heard someone right. once Naturally. say that ten percent. Is a is a good estimate. It's just off by ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, this the that that is the whole premise That's of the, the movie point, yeah. is that we can only use ten percent of our brain. Scarlett Johansson does a drug. In case you haven't seen it, and if you haven't, stay that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the whole point is she takes a drug that allows you to access more percentages of your brain, and to the point where the movie is just literally like chapterized by twenty percent. It just takes over the screen and says thirty percent, forty percent until what you assume to be the end of the movie when she gets to 100%, uh, which it is. But the the writer-director, he knew before making the movie that this was false, right? So, like, it's just known that this is a myth, and but he decided to base the movie on it anyways because he loves the magic of, of movies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he lives under a rock. He never heard that one. And sort of, <laughs> he doesn't have the internet or something. <laughs> this guy's uh, made some other good stuff. I mean, I yeah, think yeah, he wrote yeah. all the Taken movies. Yeah. And Look, there's Luc Besson. Yeah, he's yeah, done a lot of right. cool stuff. Yes. Yeah. French. Just not this movie. <laughs> 
yeah, this one was a miss for me, uh, unfortunately. Still, I got to say, though, very fun to watch. I was entertained and I did burst out laughing a few times. Probably not what he intended, but I had a very good time watching the movie. I will yeah, say no, that. I was pissed off the whole time. <laughs> no, like the time. whole time. When did you see it for the first time? Did you see it when it came out? Yesterday night. Oh, you just watched it. No, I, I avoided. I was, I was serious. I avoided watching it. Wow. Okay. I didn't because want, didn't our want mutual friend, Aaron uh, Blaisdell, yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. recommended you <laughs> for the pod. But but somewhere <laughs> along the way, it was uh, told to me that you'd want to do this movie. But it was yeah. it's, it's is that because you knew the premise? <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen the trailer and I have a brain and I use more than 10% of it so great so the pod really did make you watch this film yeah 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 Yeah, exactly you you guys sort of (laughs) took an hour 29 minutes away from my life yeah i'll never be i want to say sorry but i'm glad that we did no but we're doing this for good um yes yes i mean it is a beautiful story right if you think of it it's just what a wonderful story Uh, look at what we've done humanity look at you know we send stuff in space we we have cell phones we 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 have the internet i mean rubik's cube rubik's cube there's a part where yeah there certainly is a part of brain for that oh yeah that's right in the montage um (laughs) it's like it's like huge it's like the eiffel tower and it's like uh i don't know huge cities being built and then this one dude in a studio making (laughs) solving rubik's cube uh but anyway it's a beautiful story just if we've done all this with 10 percent of our brain just imagine what could we do with you know, just twenty percent of it. Yeah. So I think that's echolocation. I think is the answer. Echolocation is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, blind people do echolocation all the time. That's how they navigate, right? That's why they have the um, they, they use a stick because they right. tap it and they sort of navigate the environment that way. Uh, but apparently, we're not smart enough to create submarines with good echolocation. No, that's what I got away from that. <laughs> not yeah, yet. not yet, and not until we have fifteen percent of the brain. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a beautiful story. I mean. And it gives, I, I think people hear that and go like, wow, I could be so much better or the world could be so, so much more awesome. Mm-hmm. So give me some of that stuff. And, you know, <laughs> right, and CBH4. Get, right. CBH4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I have, there's so many questions I have, but let's start because we mentioned the echolocation with the whole dolphin uh, yeah. premise because Morgan Freeman, brilliant scientist, says <laughs> dolphins are <laughs> the only animal that uses more of their brain capacity than humans. So is there any validity? to that statement does that make any sense well here what animal goes around using cell phones and 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 you know manipulating their environment to go to space or to create sort of stuff to ease their life i think just humans but i don't know i i think so too now dolphins are real smart can do some real smart things and you know they're the second smartest creature on earth okay right according uh according to the hitchhiker's guide to uh-huh, the galaxy. That's right. Um, so they are very smart. They can they communicate in in ways that that betray sort of more than just stereotypes. Like, watch out, enemy, sort of flee. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can they seem to be able to understand pretty abstract stuff. Um, one scientist essentially taught the idea of under to a dolphin. It was really cool. So Whoa. you know, dolphin's in the pool, and he had a little kind of a hula hoop. Okay. And the and, and he would tell with different with different sounds to the dolphin whether or different signs I can't remember if he wanted him to go over or under oh. and and so the, the dolphin learned it and then here's the cool part he took the hula hoop and put it at the bottom of the swimming pool and then tell, told the dolphin under and so the dolphin went there and went with his uh, with his snout sort of tried to squeeze under it and sort of lifted it so that he could pass under okay so pretty smart thing pretty smart i mean pretty smart pretty smart but but we are the ones here talking through, you know, radio right, waves right. and stuff like that. Yeah, we're we're 
probably smarter than dolphins. That yes, yeah, seems to be the case. But yeah, I mean, I could do that. That's no problem. Yeah, I, I've seen Jake swim, and the guy's like a fish. <laughs> uh, it's really impressive. But uh, so, but there's no other. Like, do you think another animal should be in that same category as like second place? Or is it just like humans, dolphins, and then um, whatever? You know, it elephants. also depends a little what you mean by smart. I mean, you know, dolphins can do stuff we can't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, birds can do stuff we can't do. I mean, they fly. We yeah, can't. Pretty cool. Um, pretty cool stuff. Pretty smart. Um, um, <laughs> certainly, if you look in the lineage of mammals, you know, certainly, you know, the, the closest they are to us, the, the more they share features with us, and sort of, right? And uh, you know, you take um, uh, macaque, monkeys, orangutans, sort of. Yes. You know, they. I mean, some of them. I don't know if you've had this experience, but you see them there staring in the void, sort of contemplating stuff. Yeah, no. not smart. <laughs> no, I mean, who knows? It's all happening inside. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so I mean, I look into my cat's eyes a lot of times, and I'm thinking, there's a lot going on. Well, he's plotting how to destroy you. Yeah, I do think that also. <laughs> um, but anyways, you have a TEDx talk I watched this morning called The Mystery of Consciousness and the Vegetative State, which was fascinating to me. And I was trying to explain it to Jake, probably doing a poor job. Or do you think... Well, you had a gist, yeah. But okay. I mean, Summarize you know, probably... It. Fairly well. Very insulting to the man, just the way you explained it. But yeah, I would agree. So uh, instead of that, why don't you tell me what you were talking about? Sure. Uh, so are you conscious? Yes. Yes. Are you? I think so. All right. Cool. Well, you're. You don't know if you're half in the matrix or something. Is that, yeah. Is that right? Jake's very hesitant just but, towards most things. He's skeptical. But it takes a second to know that, right? I mean, it takes a, the blink of an eye. Like you know right away. Kind of what I mean is you're experiencing what's happening. You you feel the lights. You hear the sounds. Stuff like that. Um, so very easy. And what is really hard instead is to point to someone else and say, hey, is that person conscious? Most of the time, kind of somebody has their eyes open, walking and talking, they're probably conscious, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what were to happen if somebody had a brain injury such that they couldn't really walk, respond to you much, but they were conscious? Mm-hmm. How would you ever know? Uh, you have to scan their brain? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> From what I gather? Uh, yeah. So the answer is... Because we usually detect consciousness in other people by how they move and they respond to what's around them. Um, Now, if somebody were perfectly conscious but just couldn't move, you'd mistake them for being unconscious. And so part of my uh, work in the past was developing a way to look into somebody's brain directly and, and telling if they're conscious or not. And, wow. and you know, most of the times it's easy to tell where other people sort of, if other people are, you know, awake or asleep or sort of, or fainted or something, yeah. you know, conscious or unconscious. But there are, there are some patients instead who, because of brain injury, kind of enter this, this weird limbo that is for us difficult to understand. And so we develop kind of new strategies for that. But okay. it's, it's really cool because it gets to the, to, you know, the core of, at least one of the cores of being human, uh, which is not using more of your brain, uh, but it's you know the experience, the fact that we experience what's around us, and that sort of it's really one of the one of the things at the center of the human experience. I find sort of the the feeling of being here, being an agent on the world, and sort of yeah. So were you able to discover that people who are in a vegetative state are actually able to understand what their family members are telling them? Right. Mm. So. Um, uh, almost. Okay. Pretty close. Okay. Um, it's more that some people who are conscious, but just minimally, appear, if you just if you just look at their behavior, they, they appear as if they were in a vegetative state. Mm-hmm. But that's only because they can't move, you know, they can't blink when you ask them, or, or they can't move a hand. They, they kind of can't reveal to you, hey, I'm in here, right? Yeah. Um, so, as I said, if somebody couldn't, you'd mistake them for being unconscious, or you'd mistake them for being in a vegetative state. Turns out that there's a small sliver of patients who appear 
in a vegetative state because they can't respond to you in sort of those ways. Mm -hmm. But if you take a scan of their brain, you can actually detect that they are at least minimally conscious. Now, that doesn't mean that they're perfectly conscious the way you and I are. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're perfectly understanding what's around them. Right. But it does mean that they have some amount of consciousness. I've always imagined it more like, you know, when you're in between dream and wake and sort of things are not quite as crisp and clear. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know that it that is. That feels like most of my life. <laughs> Honestly, I wish it didn't. Well, maybe we should brain scan you. Okay. I would love to know what you find. <laughs> That's very interesting to me. Um, so maybe if you just pump them full of some of these things that I've researched that they'll just like wake up like creatine. If you just injected somebody with a bunch of creatine. Just like that. <laughs> have you tried that? <laughs> no. So maybe. No, no, we have not. Okay. It is a scientific, I guess it's an empirical, a scientist would say, well, that's an empirical question, which is sort of when you kind of blow off something, but but you don't want to, you're like, well, that doesn't sound like a great idea to me, but yeah. but it's an empirical question. You have to do it to find out the answer. Empirical. That's a really good way of phrasing it most of my great. questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I would call stupid questions. Um, you ever taken creatine? I have. Actually, it had some wild Ooh. effects on- How to feel? Wild in, effects. Yeah, I was in high school. I was Take trying to uh, be fit in. <laughs> Fit in oh, by, by creatine being, made you fit in like strong. Yeah, yeah. I played okay. hockey, you know. I just uh, tried to hang with the boys. Okay, but yeah, I had some wilds. Uh, like at night, I would wake up and have these like night terrors. And Whoa. yeah, night terrors. I, I think one time actually, I was sick and I mixed it. I went to the gym that day and then I mixed it with Nyquil, and I it felt like I was in the exorcism. Like it was one of the wildest Whoa. experiences with my parents. Like I woke up and I was like just in my boxers and I was like cursing at my stepmom. Holy crap! I don't know if that was subconscious. Yeah, maybe kidding. she's I, mean. I like her. No, oh, okay. shout out Priscilla. Priscilla, <laughs> <laughs> we love you. But yeah, then I stopped taking. That was the last time I took it because it was. Did you? Really, I assume you didn't mix it with Nyquil, like literally in the same glass. You you're, you had it in, in the same twenty four hour period. Yes. Yeah. Probably the same ten hour period. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was just a bad, bad time, bad mix. Yeah. But yeah. did it work? Did it have positive effects? Well, uh, I mean, it makes you work out harder. Okay. I guess that's the you know basis behind it. Yeah. For me taking it, but yeah, I, I mean, makes... mentally, did you feel like oh, I can memorize more things or I'm sharper focused? I mean, high school, it's just like your mind is so just trying to like focus on you know yeah. like so many other social things that like I didn't care really about music school. videos, hockey, right. girls. There's no time for tests. formatting text to girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this text sounds stupid. Yeah, but I'm sure it has some really negative you know aspects of. of Try, they know. what I found out is that like long term they don't know if it's healthy mm. like they don't recommend like anybody takes it long term I mean maybe you know more about this than me but uh, yeah that it that it does have like some short term positive effects on mental ability and like I think it mm. it uh, absorbs water or something like your muscle like it puts more water in your muscles maybe I'm saying that wrong um, I, I actually don't know the, the exact mechanism but, uh, but it's totally foreseeable that you can you know you, you can mess with your brain and body's chemistry in some ways and maybe some ways short term yeah. can help uh, but your brain is you know is made to function the way it does and is made to have the equilibria it, it has mm. so when you mess with it sometimes you can do some pretty cool stuff um, I think there are some drugs that really reveal I think some really interesting things um, if you just think of having hallucinations Mm -hmm. um, what's your favorite? <laughs> I'm a scientist. I've never made it. I never had drugs ever in my whole life. Mother, right, right, mother, if you're listening, that's the official answer. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I believe that. No reason not to. Um, uh, I'll say that I've tried some, but you know, I, I'm a scientist. I need all my brain cells, and yeah. because we use 100 of it, when you you know harm them, uh, I just I knew that. 
you know, I got what I got. And, and, and if I sort of hurt them, it's just, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but there's like shrooms to me. Like shroom head. <laughs> Is that <laughs> no? Actually, what what they for me was salvia. Oh, salvia! salvia. Yeah, oh my god, that is not what I would have guessed yeah. at all. A wild card there. Uh, Very wild. I've tried card. a couple other things, uh, but I don't exactly know what they were. Sort of. Isn't salvia like what uh, prisoners would smoke? Like it's just like a way to get like marijuana. It's like a similar high, except it's just all like fake. No, not it's not. Is that salvia? Isn't that? I I found salvia to be a short duration. It's yeah. zero addictive. The percent. So this is, I know this because before doing anything, I would look it up. Yeah, like, it's the opposite of addictive to me. Right. By the way, Did zero, it one time and it was like, oh, it's I'm artificial good right? now. I don't know. So I don't know what it's I, made of. Oh, I have no idea what's made. <laughs> it's made of. It's made of he goodness. Just, he literally just said, "Like, hey, I'm a scientist. I had to do research before I did it. No, what's no. it made of? I have no clue." I, <laughs> I just remember kids I'm in high school sure. would take it instead of smoking weed because it's like all they could get. Oh, interesting. It's interesting. I, I feel yeah. it's completely different than weed. Yeah, same. Mm. Like completely. Like you, you just get. I mean, in my case. I, I'm just out of it. I laugh a lot. Yeah. I just laugh a lot. And the part that I find more interesting is the visual experience that you get. You get right. these vi- sort of these visual experiences that you don't usually have. Mm. And that, I think, that's what I found profound. Because if you think of people who have disorders that give them um, sensory experiences, you know, hallucinations, uh, how on earth would you know if that hallucination is real? You know, if you hear a voice telling you do this and that, mm-hmm. to you... It feels just like the real thing, yeah, right. And these drugs sort of kind of expose expose that. So sort of they to me they shed mental disorders that have this component in a new light. Because you know you might think, well, it sounds crazy that you think that God is talking to you, but to you it's your brain talking to you. So how would you know if it comes from outside or the inside? Yeah, which I guess is sort of an argument for the safety of salvia because it's so short like I've always been afraid to do acid because of long term you know hours of hallucination might mess with me I'm I'm afraid of it I guess not that I'm saying anyone should ever do salvia because it was a very intense experience that I was anti after doing it I found it interesting but I also I had a very sort of I created a safe environment I had someone with me salvia uh, well, I don't know that endorsement. Was, I don't need to be pro. I, uh, all I'm saying is, <laughs> I personally had an interesting experience. Okay, um, that sort of just also with my scientific hat on was was very interesting to think about after. Okay, so which drugs are you pro? <laughs> <laughs> what should people be doing? You to realize expand? if I ever run for anything, yeah. this is gonna surface and like, uh, uh, no, people are gonna be like, he's so relatable. He does drugs just like us. Yeah, right. And I'll tell you that, you know, the, the, the rap I was listening to while I was doing this that was, yeah. didn't yet exist at the time. Cool. <laughs> that sounds even cooler. <laughs> Jesus. Um, did you do salvia? I've never done salvia, no. Okay. Yeah. We'll I, uh, do it right after the Try podcast. not to do drugs until I'm successful. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Same thing as having a beard. What's the... <laughs> yeah. All right. I think like 35, I'll do both. You do salvia and grow a beard. Yes. Okay. In that order. Yeah. Great. Check in then. <laughs> okay. So I want to just, I have to mention a few things about the movie, if that's okay with you guys. Are, can we dive back into Lucy? Oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry right. to bring us there, but... <laughs> can, I, can I get some salvia? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course. I have a salvia soup that I made. Okay, so Morgan Freeman, while he's talking at one point in the barrage of crazy things that he says, in my opinion, he says, at one neuron, you're alive. At two neurons, you got movement. So, all right, all right. 
<clears throat> okay, there are there are like three things that are vaguely good in this movie. Okay, great. Um, the one of the things that um, was interesting, and, and I thought, oh, they did speak to a neuroscientist, which they possibly couldn't have, because then <laughs> later other stuff happened. Um, but so one of the theories is that the original purpose of the brain is to allow movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so things that have nervous systems, however primitive or small, uh, move. Whereas the defining feature, sort of one of the key defining, differentiating features is moving versus not moving. Uh, some bacteria, uh, sorry, some uh, um, some microbes eventually move around and then eat their brain once they found where to stop. They eat their uh, well, brain? Yeah, they, they, eat, uh, they eat the neural tissue once Whoa. they found where to stop. Wow. So that's one of the... M- one one of the various reasons why people think that movement was at least an originating factor. Of course, it's very clear that we do tons of other things uh-huh. um, with our brain uh, that is not movement, but it's possible that one of the original pressures that led to that is being able to navigate an environment or okay. at least displace yourself and you know find food here or there or find a mate here or there or something. Okay. So that checks out. Um, and then uh, I've CBH4, they, they say the doctor says, which doesn't really make any sense in the movie, why the doctor knows about this, that uh, he says it's what gives fetus, gives fetuses energy to make all their bones. Does that make any sense? Is there something like that? I think technically that's a lot of BS. God, great. I mean, th- there is a thing, <laughs> there is a thing that has that acronym and it's like 6-methyl-dextrobitisrase, uh-huh. something like that, which is an enzyme, but it, it, it's got nothing to do with that. Okay. Fair. Should be a sound clip for you, this podcast, him saying uh, technically that's a lot of BS. Oh, good point. Yeah. I'll put that at the top somewhere. <laughs> um, okay. So why, this is a big question. Nobody has taken this drug, I guess, right? Is that the implication in the movie? Scarlett Johansson's the only person that has taken it. Like, Mr. She's hot and got kicked in the stomach. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they put it in her stomach, and then one of her kidnapper caretakers decides to kick her a bunch of times in the stomach, which means, I guess, that he doesn't know that they surgically put this thing in her stomach, because then it right. ruptures and she starts, yeah, uh, experiencing the trip or whatever. But I just found it ridiculous. If you're a mob boss and you're trying to transport and sell these drugs don't you know what the drug is if it makes you super smart wouldn't he have done some of these drugs <laughs> well the guy who tried it uh-huh. looks really super smart remember when she's there with the suitcase looks super smart the drugs it. guy the junkie guy exactly that's <laughs> my point <laughs> that guy looks great well that's why they exactly. reprimanded him because he the, the guy who actually kicked her in the stomach right no we're talking about no before. she when she first gets up there she's handcuffed to the suitcase and mm. they have this guy like snort a little bit of the blue he looks CBA. like a Four, yes. And he looks like, yeah, like a recovering, well, I don't even know about recovering, but like an addict, totally. a total addict. He snorts some, he starts giggling a bunch, and then they shoot him in the face. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Well, maybe it was just 11% <laughs> and it hadn't had time to kick <laughs> Yeah, but why do that? How do they, well, how is that a test? Yeah, yeah, no, it makes no sense. <laughs> I just, I mean, you're not surprised. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not surprised. I just, I was thinking about it like halfway through the movie. I was like, how does this guy not take this drug or, or test it on some of his like peons or whatever, you know, like how does nobody knows what it does? If there's a complete guess. And then if it is a complete guess and they don't know what it does, why go through all the trouble of surgically implanting in people's stomachs and sending them to Paris? (laughs) And everybody knew it would have been a great hit. Yeah. They're all so confident. That's going to be a huge hit. People are going to love this. Just take some yourself, become super smart. 
I was busy thinking about the other BS. Okay, sorry. I just, it seemed like he's the worst mob boss in the world. <laughs> I couldn't believe how irresponsible this was. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Um, okay, so she starts taking this stuff as soon as she does. Well, not taking it. She got kicked in the stomach and is accidentally taking it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that happens, she starts defying gravity and flo- like she's shaking. Can read minds. Well, but first I'm talking, she's mm. like chained to the wall and she's like f- float- yeah, she's floating floating on the wall and then onto the roof. I just wanted your take on what the hell that was. How That's did, 15%, why did- baby. <laughs> What? Why did that happen? Yeah, that's, you know, that's what happens when you get to use just, but it never happened again. Also, (laughs) like she never could fly or like walk on walls or anything. That's a good point. She was just like like a psycho. She drives like (laughs) us, but damn, how many people died in that scene? She killed so many people in this movie, man. She also walks through a hospital with her gun out. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, when I think goes, that was trying to say how much people just look at Scarlett Johansson's face and body. And, not and that was, holding. yeah, that was commentary on, uh, you know, men as a whole. Okay. That they wouldn't see the gun. By the way, loving that you are defending this movie at every turn. <laughs> I think we need this. This is great. So no matter what happens The first 20 out. minutes, fire. <laughs> I, when the guy was laughing, the drug dealer was laughing and it like felt euphoria. I actually really enjoyed that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. To like have somebody who's so down in their life feel that type of happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it like felt like he knew all the things. Yeah. I love that. You know what also would have been cool is if he used that knowledge to escape and beat everybody up the way that she did. Right. Well, he only took a little bit. Okay. Fair enough. 11%. 11% mm-hmm. just gets you a little bit of giggles. <laughs> and you have no knowledge that you're going to get shot in the face <laughs> three seconds later. Um, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was so crazy because they showed in the shot her walking through hallways and stuff. And it's not like they're empty. There's people all around her and she's carrying a gun. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's crowded. It's just... Seems like somebody would have said something. The gun is below her chest. <laughs> um, the part that justification. It, I justification, Jake. <laughs> I will ask you if you enjoyed this part uh, yeah, when she, you know, killed you know twenty five people just with her mind. Uh, oh, in the hallway. Yes, in the hallway. Well, we don't know if they're dead. They're unconscious. She knocked them out. You should scan them. Yeah, you got to scan them. <laughs> yeah, we got to bring Mark. We in. don't know for sure. Did she kill a ton of people in this movie? Yes, absolutely. I'm just saying those people in the hallway, we don't know. So when um, the actor that found, like, I don't know what his role was. I guess he was a detective, maybe. Yep, French detective guy. Yeah, he was like, oh, Boy I guess so you don't need me. And she said, <laughs> in that moment, I right. guess they needed a, uh, you know, like some sort of love connection. Yes. Because then he, she kissed him yep. and was like, I do, even though there was nothing building se- like no, tension wise. Not at all. Not at all. As a reminder, she said, She's like, I need you as a reminder of like humanity, I guess. Or yeah. Sexuality or romance or love. I, I don't know. You know, it pissed me off in the same way. I was like, what, what are we talking about? Like, wait, you're kissing now? So, I mean, you've had a ride together. Like you spoke yeah. on the phone once. You had a you spoke pretty, on the phone pretty insane ride. <laughs> sort of along, oh, wait. along the Champs-Élysées. You're forgetting one thing. When, that's the tension? Right after this scene, you're talking about where she knocks everybody out with her mind, which yes. is like a crazy Jedi, like. Like no human could do anything like this. And he's right there in the room. And then they, the next scene, they get into the car and he tells her, like, I think I wrote down the quote. He says, what you did back there really freaked me out. Should I be concerned? <laughs> and then she's like, no, pretty much. And he's cool with it. You're right. There's well, no freak out. That's what happens out. when you get a small peck from Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> You're just down for whatever at that yeah. point. Yeah, let's go. I, I did think, however, again, the... Like two, three things at most positive in this. I did think that there was something sort of cute-ish mm-hmm. of, of her kissing him with no tension because it's really just a reminder 
perhaps she's understanding that she's like losing humanity as she uses more and more of her brain, which is yeah. the dumbest thing ever. But but that said, uh, you know, okay, sure, she feels that she's no longer human in the way she was before. So right. your connection to someone is certainly a deep part of being human. So. Yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, good. I'm here for let's, any reason. The movie it. is good. Please. Um, why didn't she, can one of you give me a reasoning on, on why she didn't kill Mr. Jang? When she when she gets him later, like in halfway mm. through the movie, she stabs him through both hands and gives him a speech in English, which he doesn't understand. We've established he doesn't know English. Right. And she speaks all languages. She should be able to speak to him in Korean. But OK, <laughs> she doesn't. She's speaking to him in a language he doesn't know. Stabs him in the hands, reads his mind, which was also a hilarious scene where she's like flying through the past, looking at passports or whatever. <laughs> that was crazy to me. But then doesn't kill him. What's up with that? Well, I think that's probably because at that point, the movie was only 50 minutes in and you need to finish. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just end the movie at that point. I mean, not acceptable. I'll, I agree. It made no sense. But that, that also ticked me off, by the way. Mm. Another thing, another myth that memory is kind of like a video that we have stored in our brain cells right. and we can sort of go back and, you know, you see this a lot in like the, 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 the police TV shows where one of the people usually has what they call an eidetic memory and, right. and they kind of remember every single detail and they can go back and do enhance and sort of now they see better. That's exactly, that's another myth. It's not true. Memory doesn't work like that at Ooh, all. Okay. Memory is not like a, you know, a DVD in your brain that you can replay. Memory yeah. is something that gets reconstructed every time you think about it, which, which allows you and people to mess with one's memory. And that's why sort of we, we often end up with recollections that are not accurate or not because we reconstruct it at every time. So that's another thing that I saw and I was like, this just makes no sense. Like how on earth are you seeing a movie in this guy's head? Yeah. Even if you, your brain is 100%, this still makes no sense. Yeah, even at 100%, you can't fly around the past like a fly and look at passport information. Although the two knives and highlight. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Okay, great. Another positive review. Let's give it to her. So, yeah. Martin, just to get a clear answer here, uh, everybody all the time uses 100% of their brain. Is that is that accurate? Yes. Uh, so, yes, we, we, we use the whole brain... All the time. Now, we don't use it all at once in the sense if your brain is all functioning at the same time, you're having a seizure, right? Which we don't want. The reason why our brain can do, our brains can do complex reasoning, complex things is because it's a network of different, different areas, different cells that talk to each other at different points. They say different things. You know, imagine a room full of people. If everybody's yelling at the same time, there's no information or there's just one information, whatever everybody's yelling at the same time. Mm. Instead, the brain is like you know, a, lot of, a lot of groups of people chatting mm. with each other and then you know, five people here, they chat and then, and then the information that you know, some message from there goes to this other group of five people. But we use all of it. And, and I think there's, there's just so much overwhelming evidence of it. If you think about people who get hit in the head, th there's no place on the brain where you can get a lesion and not get some form of, um, you know, some form of impairment. There are, there are parts in the back of the brain that if you lose one part of the brain, suddenly, you know, the world turns black and white. So you get achromatopsia from, so that you lose the ability to, to, to see color, to perceive color because you lose, you know, this tiny piece of the brain or you lose the ability to see movement. This is a probably uh, subjectively must be very weird, but I've, uh, I've, I've read the case. In fact, I've seen an interview of a woman who got, uh, 
uh, akinesia. So she lost the ability to perceive motion because she just got a tiny lesion in a tiny part of the brain that that is is very important for processing, you know, things that move. And, and she would describe it that she'd be pouring tea in a cup, and you know, it'd be empty, and then the next frame it'd be half full, and then the next frame you know it'd be overflowing. Oh. It's like so, stop motion reality. Right, right. Wow. So she lost that. And it's a small part of the brain. It's really a small part. Yeah. There's virtually no part of the brain that you can lesion without creating some mm. type Making of Making me think we should deficit. all walk around with like a helmet, yeah. a protective <laughs> gear. That's it's very scary. Uh, so, I mean, we do, right? Sort of. Oh. We have yeah. it. Uh, no. Well, we have, we have the skull. Uh, but certainly modern world didn't sort of... Uh, you know, has additional um, perils, you know, cars, yeah. for example, um, that sort of weren't quite factored in at the time of the design of the skull. Right. But but yeah, there's really, there's the overwhelming evidence is that we use all the brain, just not all at once. And I think that's where this myth might have originated, um, you know, at, at different parts, although the whole brain is active all the time, but you use more of this part or more of that part. Um, so maybe sort of this might have played a role at the I know there are a few sort of probably spurious stories about how this myth kind of came to be, mm-hmm. but the evidence is there. You know, another thing, we often put electrodes inside people's brains, inside patients' brains, or inside, you know, animal animals' brains to record from neurons. Look, if 90% of them were silent, you know, we'd mostly record silence, mm-hmm. but that's not what happens when we, when we record all neurons are firing. They're just not all firing for the same thing. You know, some fire because there's a line. Some fires because something moved in front of you know in front of the animal. Mm-hmm. Some fired because a collar appeared. Or yeah. But yeah, yeah. we use the, all the brain, just not all at the same time. So do things like doing Sudoku or you know like obviously like working out or reading or stimulating brain that way. Does that actually help you know you become more clear and think more cognitively and creatively? Yeah. So you know a lot of things that sort of th- that that sort of, you know, people often say it's a muscle and you have to exercise it. Um, I think the best evidence, though, is that if people walked more and sort of took a, took a walk, you know, an hour every day or something like that, mm. just the, the metabolic response to that is very healthy also for the brain. If you do Sudoku, you certainly get better at Sudoku. <laughs> so there's a lot of evidence for that. And that's the whole basis of these smart games. Mm. You know, they tell you that, oh, Lumosity was one example. Right. Right. Same like, advertisers as milk. Being like, oh, it's going to help your mind. Your what? body milk, like it is a myth, right? People to drink milk for oh, stronger bones, right? Yes, do Sudoku. I mean, that's really when you sell somebody a you know real change in lifestyle like that. Mm-hmm. But, that but that's where this myth is so helpful, right? I mean, look, if I I can sell you a product that is going to make you smarter than everybody else, and wouldn't it be great, or or come to this retreat and magically, I I think that's where that's where a lot of this idea gained currency. Mm-hmm. Sort of when people were, you know, charlatans sort of selling the idea that I'll get you to access more of your brain. Yeah. Th- there must be... I the term sh- charlatans? Is that, what is that, what does that mean? Oh, uh, people who are, you know, selling snake oil. Mm. Sort of people does that have are, anything to do with uh, Charlotte, Carolina? The people there? Just I, I don't think of, so. I, I don't think I don't so either. Okay. I'm but Italian, it does I remind me that I want to plug a brain cognition retreat that I'm running in the <laughs> desert of Arizona. Mm. Uh, it's only $899 a day, but you get corn. Is it silent? And nobody talks. All right, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you get to use up to 40% of your brain by the time that you leave. So by the time it ends, you realize you got scammed. <laughs> uh, but sorry to cut you off. About. I was just trying to make a dumb joke about Charlotte. I wanted to talk about new tropics or new tropics. You're talking alpha brain? I'm talking alpha brain. I'm talking, I don't know the names of the other ones. <laughs> Have you tried that stuff? Have you gone into um, that? Yeah, I got a free trial. Okay. Alpha brain. 
I think it's probably a placebo. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. yeah. but you did write a novel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One thing that I I think often gets meddled in these things is that if your body functions well, your brain functions well. So you know, if you if you give good stuff to your body and sort of, um, then it can maintain you know healthy metabolism. It can that that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just imagine putting you know bad fuel into a car. The engine will work worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is often a possibility. The other one is is what he mentioned, which I told you agree with, you know, the placebo effect is really powerful. So if I tell you, well, here's a pill, it's going to make you better, you know, people feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a really, really powerful thing. That's why we compare new medicines, we compare them to placebos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and often what we find, you know, the, the standard clinical, I, let's say I invent a new medicine, I invent a new tro- a nootropic, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the standard way in which I would prove it is that I, w- I would have two people come in the lab, one without them, one would get a placebo, one would get uh, whatever compound. And, uh, and then usually what happens is that they're both do better. What we hope is that the people who get the real thing do a little better than those. Uh, but it's just, it's just really, it's a powerful effect. So yeah. a lot of this could just be placebo. Okay. And also the people interested in it want to do better. So they take it. They think, okay, I'm going to do better now. Right, right. You apply yourself more. Effort. More, yeah, more effort. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's probably what happened with you when you wrote that book. Must have been. Which is a great book that people should buy. What was it called? Oh, it's called uh, How to Be Better. <laughs> yeah. So you were you were trying to self-improve. Is your bank account better? Oh, yeah. It sounds to me like... Good question. Come on. It's, I it's mean, I good... know you're waiting to be successful to grow a beard, but... Maybe a good time to ask, but can anybody uh, loan me 600 bucks? Uh, I'm <laughs> we'll sure get it can, back. I'm sure we can throw that together. We'll get it back. Oh, we'll get it back. Yeah, we'll get it back. So it is a loan. No, we'll get it back. <laughs> <laughs> when? We'll get that back. Okay, sounds legit. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids are among the most well-known and well-studied mental enhancers. How do you feel about those three? Is, is that fish oil? Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. That people, people say a lot, sort of, that's one of the benefits. Uh, so, uh, all right, let me pretend that this is actually... What you know? What what is advertised? Okay. So you know, fatty stuff. Our brain has in it. Um, neurons have kind of a you know, neurons. There's a cell body, and then there's kind of a long tail that can go actually pretty pretty long. Hmm. Uh, and that tail is coated in sort of some fatty substance, myelin, which is what allows signals to travel pretty fast down sort of the tail of the neuron, so that they can talk to the next neuron. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe having taking a substance that sort of has as that ingredient maybe allows your body to synthesize a tiny bit more of, of something. Okay. So I could see some you know vague connection, but I'll be honest, the sound. I mean, again, once again, these sound to me like sure there might be a mechanism somewhere in there, but I don't know. Mm. Not too much there. There. Yeah, it's just wild how many companies have made such a great you know business out of fish oil. Right. Yeah. Which sounds like snake oil. It's really close. <laughs> Both are like. So, yep. Mar- Martin, uh, uh, how Martin. besides Doc? So, uh, Doc, <laughs> sure. how besides walking yeah. can I be smarter? Hmm. Um, well, sleep is certainly a big one. I think all this, all the research shows that we are all very sleep deprived, and that has actually that has long lasting effects. So maybe that's more about health. Which I mean, mm. of course, you, you'll be smarter if you're healthier. Um, but physically I don't know, healthier. right? Physically healthier. But I don't know that there's like, oh, I'm going to be smarter by doing this or that. You can decide to spend more time, you know, reading something or spend more time writing something or then just being hypnotized by the Kardashians on TV. I mean, right. I think that would certainly, well, that certainly makes you less smart. I mean, it's got to mm. decrease somebody's. Less cartoons, yeah. 
more Moby Dick. But but there isn't, you know, there isn't necessarily, you know, a thing that, oh, I'll be 10% smarter or... Well, I so got some, I, I've got some tips for you and for everybody at home to be smarter. Most well, of them we mentioned. They call me Transition Tom. <laughs> Most of them we mentioned. Another one uh, was managing stress. They say uh, is super helpful. But you, you won't be smarter. You'll just have the clarity to make better choices, which is very, very important. You know, yeah. that's that's where mindfulness sort of a lot of people report that mindfulness really enhances their life because mm. they get a lot of clarity. They they feel that they can think with less. You know, everything is less cloudy. Right. And so and so people make smarter choices, yeah. which is which is great. Everybody who at least most of the people I talk to who practice, you know, mindfulness, stuff like that, report how just the whole world is, is calmer and, and that allows them to choose better. But right. they're not smarter in the sense, oh man, if now I take the SAT, you know, my, my grade will go up by Yeah, yeah. Now I speak Spanish amount. all of a sudden. Right, right. Yeah. Although I guess what you're saying is that it gives us the opportunity to be smarter, yeah. to uh, you know learn more. Yeah. But yeah, without that, it's much more difficult. It's much more of an uphill journey. Uh, the other one was meditation which they say improves brain plasticity. I don't know if you guys meditate or how you feel about that. I don't meditate. I don't know how that would, would increase plasticity over... Look, if you learn juggling, after, after, if I remember correctly, a study showed that after, I don't remember, 10 minutes of learning, mm-hmm. practicing how to juggle, your brain is different. Whoa. There's been plasticity to it. Wow. So, look, if you... Um, Want to learn that now. <laughs> start playing piano. If there's very, okay. very well-documented evidence that if you play an instrument... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you as you practice it and learn more and more, your brain undergoes plasticity. So I don't know how hmm. how meditation. I've been playing instruments for years. I feel dumb as a rock. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> well, again, you get better at that. Right. You don't get better at. Like but your brain speaking changes. Speaking or reading. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, being literate or <laughs> yeah. being a human being. Yeah. Uh, but there's great evidence that plasticity happens. You know, if you learn to ride a bike. If, um, mm. in fact, a, a great experience showed that people who started learning, I don't remember if it was the violin or the guitar. But it was a, um, um, a lateralized instrument. So one of the two hands becomes skilled, but the other one doesn't. It turns out that the, the representation in your brain of the hand that has to learn patterns, that one changes and undergoes plasticity. The other one doesn't. Oh, cool. Right. So all of this, anytime you learn something, there's some plasticity involved. Your brain is, is reconfiguring to learn new things. Learn. learn new things. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. You play an instrument? I do. What do you play? Piano? I play piano, yeah. Knew it. How does that look? <laughs> Piano players have a look. You play something? Uh, I used to uh, dabble with the guitar. Okay. Not anymore. Pick it back up. Yeah. You can take that uke. Ooh. I'm just kidding, Jake. Can't take my uke. <laughs> um, sugar, I read, can lead to some sort of memory loss. Do you want to comment on that? Should people be aware of that? I don't want to comment on that. Okay. No comment on that. I just that. don't know the he's, research. Well. He's neutral on sugar, pro salvia. <laughs> Very cool. I, it's not that I'm neutral. <laughs> I'm abstaining. I'm not. I'm sure. abstaining. Abstaining from sugar, diving into the salvia pool, <laughs> Dr. Martin. Uh, dark chocolate. I was so excited to read this because I love dark chocolate. It said if you consume 72% or higher cacao content, dark chocolate, you can help boost your brain function. How do you feel about that? Well, I hate dark chocolate, so... Oof. You know what? I hate you for bringing this up. <laughs> and of all the dumb things I've said, this is why you hate me because I like dark chocolate. Uh, Again, okay, it's, it's what's in it. It's what's in it. It's the chemicals that are in it. Kind of mm. the same thing as sort of the, the fish oil type thing. Okay. Sure, there's power the green tea. Sure, it's possible. But again, your brain functions just very well the way it functions today. You don't you. you don't need to be you know smarter. Your your brain was was developed by you know millions of years of of. Uh, 
of evolution to mm. be the way it is. So evolution brain, theory. Evolution theory. Yeah. Well, evolution is a fact and a theory. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not go there. No, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, so your brain, your brain is made to function just fine. I think it's more about you know the environment and the sort of the 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 conditions somebody finds themselves in. Okay. Certainly, some brains come into this world with certain sort of slightly different aspects. For example, some people come into the world with a, a natural imbalance in their chemistry, and that might lead to recurrent depression, for example, things of that sort. Right, right, right. So some people come into this world with a proclivity for, you know, I don't know, in some cases depression, in other cases for genius. Right. I mean, you know, Mozart probably came into this world with some some sort of facility for playing music. Yeah, or he was an uh, idiot that just ate so much dark chocolate. <laughs> and then just... That is also possible. I mean, he lived in Austria, so he, he, oh. he ate a lot of those Mozart bowls that they sell with hot chocolate. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my main question about that is, how do you not like dark chocolate and what do you like for dessert? Hazelnut chocolate, man. Nutella. Oh, Nutella. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm Italian, so I sort of, I'm a oh, Nutella okay. fan. That makes more sense. Are you, what are you putting it on? Are you, are you fingers? eating Nutella? Yeah, by the <laughs> fingerful? So the spoonful. Uh, thank you. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it goes very well on bananas. Oh, yeah, that is true. I like peanut butter with a banana also. Mm. Almond butter, whatever, what have you. Dark just chocolate. realized recently you can just dip bananas in peanut butter. Oh, yeah. yeah. That works. Well, Ooh. that's just if you don't have a jar of Nutella nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're sold out of Nutella, I guess you could do that. Why? Do you like dark chocolate? What's your view on that? Yeah, no, I love being smart. So, uh, okay. dark chocolate. That wasn't the question. Um, guys, thank you for joining me. No, wait, you're, oh, you're yeah, skipping please. on coffee. Oh, that's right. Yes, I had caffeine. Well, I, I didn't know. I, I have a bunch of things that I wanted to do, like some sort of lightning route with, uh, like ginkgo biloba and ginseng and all this stuff, but I didn't know how deep we wanted to get into it. But yes, you're right. Caffeine, right, is like, they actually recommend that you have some caffeine for like short-term memory. I don't know what. I think it turns out that if you drink a lot of caffeine, it's actually better than if you don't drink any. But this is like more yeah. health-wise, more generally. They, okay, so I think it was like four cups or or more like if you're doing four or five cups you're in a danger zone mm. and if you do like one or two then you have improved brain functionality there's again it's it's all about the balance yeah yeah and of course different people might have different sort of balances you know some people might drink coffee all the time and so yeah. to what what to them one or two cups means is very different than somebody who never drinks coffee mm -hmm. but you like coffee so you drinking one today i drink tons of coffee tons of coffee how much <laughs> A lot. Uh oh, four a or lot, five? A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, four or five. Whoa. Espresso? Yeah. <laughs> There's no other coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I'd probably say two cups minimum per day. Wow, two cups minimum? Yeah. As min much as four? Okay, yeah. Anything more than that, things get wild in the body. Yeah, I See, agree. I drink coffee before going to sleep. Really? Oh. Yeah, in the evening, yeah. You're a madman. I, I don't know. I'm just, again, we all come into this world with different chemistries and, and, mm -hmm. and some of these things show up. Have you tried way. not, like, just not drinking coffee and yeah. then what happens? Yeah, I had to. I, I get sad because I can't have coffee. <laughs> no, I've, I've <laughs> had the to. the only side effect. <laughs> I've had to once for medical reasons. My doctor suggested, oh, just try that. It just didn't change much. It just, mm. sometimes I'm like. You ah, stopped seeing that doctor. Uh, <laughs> no, sometimes it's just like, oh, I'd love to have a coffee now. And then I just didn't because the doctor recommended But you didn't get headaches? Uh, no, no. Wow. That was the, that was partially the reason we were doing it. to Because you were out. getting headaches? I, I suffer from migraines, yeah. Oh, so man, the doctor sorry. thought I could... From knowing too much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that, you know, 12% that is sort of really pushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really pushing the neurons. I know the doctor suggested I'd, 
I'd stop drinking regularly coffee so that when I did get a migraine, I could medic, try to medicate that way, but oh, it didn't change. So, so far, there's no solution for your migraines? Well, they're medicines. Okay. Do we know what that is? Headaches and stuff? Like it's, it's very unclear what triggers them. I mean, headaches and migraines are slightly different. Um, yeah. Certainly, it has to do sort of with the va- vascular system. Okay. But there's a there's a connection. It also it has to do with the gut because foods often trigger migraines. Some oh. people get tr- migraines triggered by food. Some people get it triggered by lack of sugar. Some g- people get it triggered by um, other environmental factors. Okay. Um, so there's it's it is mysterious, and there's a lot of things that contribute to it. Yeah. You know, is there a certain food, dark chocolate? Is there something that makes you have a migraine? <laughs> Actually, you seem to really hate it. That's all I'm saying. Um, um, uh, do you know what a, a Zucker cake is? It's no. like a, a, a thick chocolate cake. That's uh, what gives you a migraine. <laughs> well, it, it did when I when I was eighteen. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I discovered wow. gives me gives, that. Maybe that's why I hate dark chocolate. Yeah, because it does that to me. And but Nutella is just that that parallel like offshoot. It's just like chocolate adjacent. Should have tried. After getting that, getting some Nutella to see if it reverts the effect. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Nutella is <laughs> the best migraine medicine that you can possibly get. Um, okay, seriously, thank you guys so much for being here. I had a great time. This is the actual plug section, so people should go to jakeadamscomedy.com. See yeah, what sure. you're up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently been making a lot of golf videos where I go to PGA Tour events and uh, make fun of old dudes. Yeah, these are fantastic. It's like man on the street, uh, and you are interviewing them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And all those are on your site. They're all on my site, on my Instagram. And people can. Oh, where can they? How can they get you on Instagram? Uh, it's uh, Jake Madams. Jake Madams. <laughs> yeah, I never it's realized that. Yeah. Wow. Okay, uh, Professor. What can be, people should watch your TEDx, of course. Uh, it's on YouTube. I teach methods for fMRI, which is called quantitative methods for computational uh, imaging, every morning at eight thirty. If you want to come. Wow. Well, I, we can just show up. Sorry. We can just come through. Yeah. Hey, we're a public institution. Okay. You know? <laughs> Pro Salvia no. and he's saying that anyone can just come to his closet. Tuition is for the week. UCLA well, is free now. No, no, you're not going to get a degree out of it, but you can sit through the pain if you want. Okay, cool. I don't think that sounds painful at all. I wonder if you can do that for most college. There's a lot of college courses I'd like to go back and take. Can we just show up? Um, all right, mm. so. Here we go. I mean, if you go all psycho, no. <laughs> but I mean, technically, we're a public institution. So it is. It is a public space. Yeah. Um, you certainly don't have a right to the services offered by the university. So you can't play um, on the basketball team or something. For example, unless you're rich and you pay. <laughs> you do whatever you want. To do whatever you want. Um, but uh, if you sneaked into you know one of those giant auditorium like 300 people, mm-hmm. nobody would notice. Um, it's pretty cool. Wow. I mean, to go take some screen drawing classes at UCLA. Yeah. Well, those tend to, to be small <laughs> classes, oh. so people will notice. Yeah, but clearly professors like you love uh, knowledge. And so if a young man like Jake comes in there and he says, I- I'm just here to learn, sir. I, I just want to learn from you, the master. I feel like any professor is going to be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I- I've encouraged a few um, a few high school students who are local and who sometimes people email me out of the blue, like, oh, I'm thinking of going to undergrad and have questions. I don't know why they pick me, but... <laughs> And and oh, if they're local, cool. I have I, I have encouraged them to come by to one of my mm. lectures. Of course, I, I wouldn't. So I can't recommend them to go to other people's lectures. And right. it's not for me to say. Yeah. But anyway, if one or two people, great. Well, on, but, I'll see you guys on campus on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Eight thirty a.m. and we're talking about uh, general linear model. It's stats. It's awesome. That does sound awesome. 
what movie can we discuss next time that has to do with that? Oh yeah. Also, is there like a, a movie uh, about the brain that you were like, this is the one? Oh, that that's a good question. Yeah. Really represents who I am as a person. Yeah. Cause clearly it's not Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lucy is kind of high there, but, but very far below. Um, I don't know that there's like a, a movie. I mean, any good movie is about the brain, right? Any good movie is about us sure. as human beings. And what about that, that one? What was it uh, with Russell Crowe? Where he, um, it's like a true story. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, beautiful mind. Beautiful mm. mind. Beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. I also love the, the theory of everything. Oh yeah. Theory that's of another wonderful movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Did you, you find a physicist to talk about that movie? But that's probably good science. I mean, I'm not a physicist. Oh, that's fine. As long as we're talking science, I'm happy. It was a great movie. So maybe people will. Okay. <laughs> we'll do that one next time. Uh, thank you guys so much. See you later. Uh, go watch Lucy with your friends. I'm sure you can make a drinking game out of it somehow. <laughs> uh, and uh, bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. And our Panex Ginseng Deucer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email. BadScience at Seeker.com. That's BadScience at Seeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.